This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today visiting with Marissa Raglan. She is the Skirvin Paseo Artist-in-Residence for 2018. Thanks so much, Marissa, for spending the time today. Thank you so much for having me. Certainly. In fact, and we're actually uh, uh, doing this podcast uh, in her studio here at the Skirvin Hotel, and I thought if we could, uh, maybe if we could hear a little bit from you as far as uh, a little bit more information about this Artist-in-Residence program and how people can uh, get involved in that and come down and see it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I first moved into the space in October, um, and I will be here through September of this year. And so it has been a great opportunity to meet guests of the Skirvin um, that are staying here at the Skirvin Hilton Hotel, or just guests that happen to stop by and walk by the Skirvin. So um, we're able to uh, I have this wonderful space to create a new body of work. And then I'm also able to um, have an interactive component to the residency, which includes um, a postcard. Um, Anyone that comes in can grab some vintage imagery that I've pulled that I find that is inspiring. We grab a pair of scissors and a glue stick, and we're able to make um, collage postcards. And so you're able to leave with that at no cost. And um, it's just been a really fun way to interact with guests and to introduce them to the medium that I love to work in, which is handmade collage. Oh, okay. So um, it's been it's been really great, and um, I think I've actually had over 230 postcards made so far. Oh, wow, wow! So you definitely have had quite a few folks that have come by. Yes. It's uh, this is really interesting. Is just as I'm looking around a little bit, and I know it's hard to give people a visual, but to just see that literally people could be walking, you know, basically down Broadway and actually, you know, Broadway, I guess, close to Park. And be able to actually see, you know, see the studio and see you working. It's just, this is just a really, really neat space. It is primetime real estate. I have <laughs> never had this much space, this studio space in my life. I just came from a home studio. Prior to that, I was next door studios um, over there on 12th and Penn. And so this is just an incredible, very, lots of wonderful, bright daylight in this space, great light from the big windows that we have in here, and um, I just, I love working and meeting the staff, too. They've been really accommodating for my questions and just encouraging visitors to come and, and, and engage with me. Oh, yeah. And so um, it's just all together. It's been a really, really cool experience. Oh, it's very neat, very neat. And I thought what we would do is transition a little bit to share with listeners uh, a little bit about your work and, and to give them kind of a feel or kind of a visual, if, if, if possible, of, of, of the art that you create. Sure. So um, as I said, I'm a handmade collage artist, and I enjoy creating ethereal works, whimsical works of art on paper, typically. Um, I've recently started working with resin as well, which is a a clear um, kind of agent that um, is poured over top of my images, and I like to think that they're becoming archived or preserved, Hmm. so the thoughts that I am creating or the narratives that are woven between the images that I'm combining together um, become kind of... um, archived or, or, or set. And so I've really enjoyed working with this medium. I also find it challenging, and so I, I like to keep myself kind of working through that and as, I, as my work evolves. Um, I've been working in this medium since 2014. Um, originally a painter. Uh, went to school at Oklahoma Baptist University for painting and studio art, and a minor in psychology. Hmm. I wanted to be an art therapist. And I um, After college, I didn't have those assignments that were coming at me so quickly, and I was having some trouble creating and being inspired to create without the the deadlines that I had. 
And so I read a book, um, it was called Creative Block by Danielle Carissa, and um, she has this really great blog called The Jealous Curator, and it features contemporary artwork. And so she interviewed 50-plus artists, very similar questions about what do you do when you face a creative block. Hmm. And she inspired me. Um, one of the artists, I can't actually remember the name, or multiple, honestly, artists inspired me in that book to just start up with a new medium, just pick up and I just happened to have an exacto knife and I went to a thrift store and purchased a couple of life magazines and I just started cutting up and I really was I fell in love with the placement mm. I loved the messaging how I was able to convey a story or narrative by um, associating these imagery with other compelling content on there so um, vintage magazines books and postcards I was loving the wildlife images, animals, um, scenery, desert scenes, cacti, and then I loved pairing them with like domesticated women ads, hmm. right, um, of the, the homemaker. I loved kind of creating this interesting, whimsical narrative. And then I was curious, too, as far as if there are, uh, uh, as far as certain topics or, you know, things that, that speak to you the most when, as you're doing this work or as you're contemplating looking at all these different parts and pieces you know, that you're going to bring together in a collage, if there's anything that speaks to you in, in terms of, your, of you personally? Or... Sure. So I have an interesting process. I pull imagery from the magazines, books, and postcards, and I kind of place them in a pile because something in them inspired me. Something in them I found interesting. And so I have this pile, and then sometimes just how they are associated in the pile or next to each other in the pile I find that, oh, that could be interesting. And then an idea, an idea spurs off of that. And so um, I, I do heavily feature women in my work. I obviously identify with women in my work. Um, I love to kind of expose or poke fun at the domesticated woman and this role um, that a woman must play and work home and as mother. And so... Uh, I, I find myself leaning to featuring those kind of interesting domesticated women ads. So if I understand when you when you actually cut things out, or if you let's say for instance if you have a magazine and you start it, so if I understand you don't necessarily know at that time. Correct. It's just something it's just you see something that, that basically catches your eye or catches your attention. Yes, yes. And then there will be several cutting days where I'll lay out my cutting knife or excuse me, my cutting board and um, and then also my X Acto knife. And I'll just begin kind of compiling imagery next to hmm. one another. And then as they kind of lay, I, I typically overlap my images when I'm trying to share a narrative um, or create a new story with my images that I'm finding. I really like that when they're compiled that they're able to be viewed as one. Um, these images are tied to so many different things, whether that be an advertisement or um, just compelling imagery to, to support a story, they come kind of tied to those stories. So I like that I'm kind of cutting the strings away from that and assembling a new idea, a new, um, consistent, unique narrative. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost as if it, it's almost like it has kind of a, would you almost call it like a second life? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's, a, it's sort of like a, it's, an, it's like a new life in, in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I was I was curious too, as you are, you know, as you are on cutting days where you're just basically focusing, you know, on finding things and, and, and putting those in a pile, do you ever find sometimes that you are starting to 
is there a tendency sometimes to start really getting fo overly focused on wondering, you know, how something's going to go together or as you see things? Is there a tendency to maybe start, you know, thinking quite a bit about, you know, what that's, how that's going to come together with other pieces? Or do you tend to just kind of let that, it, it, for the most part, let that happen? Um, I've, most recently, I've been in search of large images because I want to work larger. I want to work past what I would say my, my comfort zone is the 11 by 14 work on paper. Hmm. And so I'm really trying to challenge myself to create um, a larger work. And, that, and since I don't manipulate any of my images, I'm just removing them from their surroundings, that's an important aspect of the work. I find that in search of those larger images, I start to see how things will overlap together. Oh. And then I know, okay, there's a hole here. I need um, something that has a jagged edge here or something to balance what's happening at the top of the page towards the bottom. And so um, silhouette plays a lot into it. Color plays a lot into how I find things balancing on the page. And I really I prefer for things to be consistent in really using design basics, um, which I learned in college and or in high school and was reinforced in college, um, to find harmonious imagery that work together, um, find this um, kind of you know, optical line that you're able to follow and easily move throughout the composition. And so those are, there's a lot of thought that goes into creating a minimalist work that oh, typically yeah. my, my work is. So. And I wonder, too, are there times where things just kind of come together where you don't necessarily have to uh, think about it a lot? Or are there, are there just times when things you just kind of see, you see something and it just, it, just, it, it just happens? I love the quick glue days when I'm like, oh, yes, I've got this. I, you know, I've had the idea and it's, I feel like it's saying all that I want it to say. And so um, I usually take a photo of it, I sleep on it look at the photo back again, and then um, I'm like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to glue. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, there's more times than not do they kind of magically, oh, my gosh, this could be woven in or be um, tied closely to this other image. And then as far as, and, and I know we were talking a little bit about this before the interview, are there any any time, I know you, when you pull these things from periodicals, you know, from years and years ago, I didn't know if there are certain time periods that interest you more than others or, you know, certain times in history that, you know, that you pull from. Sure. I love the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, I just, the clothing, the, um, I, I know I've mentioned the domesticated ads are just plentiful in all of those. Um, and, yeah, I would have to say that that time frame, I also would, would probably add that the color of the ink that which the magazines were produced during that time is so different than the glossy finish that we have now hmm. that I love the idea that these images are kind of decaying or they're brittle and it's a challenge. A, it's a challenge to cut them out. And then B, um, the hues or the colors that I'm finding within these works are more pastel. They've mm. kind of faded a little bit, and I just like how kind of comfortable the composition looks with those warmer colors. And then as far as, it, I was curious too, is it somewhat of a challenge to sometimes to find these older publications to be able to pull from? I, was, I, I, I just now thought about that now all of a sudden. It's like, how do you, I, I, I don't even know necessarily how you do that as far as finding, you know, finding those. So when I first started in 2014 trying to find these, it, it came as a challenge because I, w I was looking at half-price bookshops, thrift stores, and estate sales, honestly, and 
I was few and far between of what I was looking for. And then as I've developed this collection of materials and, and my friends and family have figured out this passion I have, I can't remember the last time I went and pulled my own imagery. Is oh, that wow, that's cool. No, um, because that's cool. my friends and family are giving them to me in, like, loads, um, bringing by big bins full of books and encyclopedias or their great uncle's postcard collection. Um, and I find that really exciting that I'm, I have sort of a curated collection of imagery to pull from that somehow they're related to me or somehow my friends or family are tied to these images that they're finding. Um, and so birthday presents, Christmas presents, they are all old magazines and I tear up every time because I'm like, you know me so well. <laughs> so, um, yes, yes. Uh, it's a lot of, I have a lot of uh, imagery to choose from. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say just the aspect of having, you know, your friends and family, uh, you know, being a part. It's almost like it feels at least like that's, uh, you know, that's like they're a part of this in some way. Right. It's a great sense of community working in this medium because I find that was this image that I found that I have some sort of connection to, was it just going to be tossed? But then a friend or family member saw it and thought of me and wanted to connect. And so I like that we kind of talked about it, but that it has a second life. Um, these, these images. Oh, yeah. And then I wonder, too, uh, as far as uh, uh, anything that you have in, in terms of upcoming exhibitions, maybe to hear a little bit, a little bit about uh, what you have going on and if people want to be able to see more of, you know, see your work or see more of that. Sure. Uh, you know, as far as opportunities for them to do that. Absolutely. So I am currently working on a new body of work. Um, the Oklahoma Visual Arts Coalition has a exhibition for artists 30 and under um, each year in March. And this year I was selected as a Momentum Spotlight artist. And so what that means is I receive a stipend and curatorial guidance to create a new body of work. So I put together this proposal. Um, it's entitled Nesting, and it's inspired by bird's nests, bad apples, um, odd kind of pack rat collections, and um, the domesticated woman um, advertisements and also the strange inclination to ask a woman of childbearing age when she'll have children. Hmm. And so um, this idea, imagery just that I had pulled and kept in my piles, it just quickly supported this idea. Whereas usually I'm finding those ideas as I'm looking for the images, when I had this idea, I went back to that stash of images that I have that inspire me, and I found so many supporting stories in these images of um, men in a boardroom with um, no women present. And so I've had fun kind of cutting away their silhouettes and replacing them with women. Oh, um, okay. I'm commenting on a woman's role in the yeah. workplace, um, a woman's role in the home. So I have multiple kind of child... Um, mother and child imagery that I'm have kind of placed within these nests. And then um, I also have women in um, kind of a switchboard room. Um, I found several illustrations and images that I've pulled a while now that are just them kind of in control of their destiny, in control of, of their processes, the way they think, um, and where they're, where they're going, their decisions. And so it's been so much fun compiling these to kind of support that there is not a one-size-fits-all to um, a woman's role in work, home, and as a mother. And so um, I've, overall, I'm creating five of these panels. 
Um, they'll be on display on February 22nd at 21C. Oh, wow. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I also have a few other um, of my uh, pieces of art uh, at 21C as well that will remain up through July. Um, that was a big bucket list for me was to somehow tap into 21C. Yeah. And I'm really excited about yeah. that. Um, and then the nesting series will travel to the Gold Dome, where it's a two-night exhibition event um, for Momentum for artists 30 and under. And um, it's going to be a really cool vibe to be in that that venue. I oh, have yeah. kind of a kind of an affinity for that space, and so. Um, and then honestly, it travels again to UCO and their Melton Gallery, and so it's this uh, new body of work is getting to hopefully be viewed by many and oh, um, have a, a good shelf life in terms of um, exhibitions and, and, and showing. And so um, that's currently what I'm working on. Oh, very good. And then, you know, the thought just occurred to me when, when you were speaking about as far as, uh, you know, looking back historically when you see these, these photographs and you see these images, I almost wonder if in some way that it helps us get more of a perspective as those things, you know, as those roles have been more, in, you know, in flux and have changed since that time. That there, I'm really wondering about, it seems like there's got to be so much value in kind of looking back at history and seeing how things have changed instead of just focusing on today or where we'd like to be five or ten years from now you know, going back and looking and seeing it, yeah, the progress that has been made. Right. Or that what has changed. Right. And there has been and some change, especially to the advertisements that you're seeing now. Typically you're not seeing them, um, you know, uh, as a woman in the kitchen doing the dishes and exposing that um, to, to being, that could, that role could be owned by, by anyone. Oh, yeah. And so um, it kind of traveled back in time, but still I'm finding an, an intentional and, the work that I'm I'm showing with these are the images that I'm compiled into these nests. Um, I've been featuring a lot of hands, and to me, they show how these these female hands are juggling societal pressures. Hmm. And so, whereas yes, there has been progress in areas, there's also other things that women are struggling with, or or this, um, you know, I want to have kids, or I don't want to have kids, or um, you know, I want to j- just you know work and, and explore my um, employment, or I'm going to take a break, or there's not a one size fits all, and that's what I wanted to show with using vintage imagery, but there's still some consistent components pulling through to today. So. Yeah, and I have to wonder, too, if we can really get a better, uh, a better view of the present by, you know, by, looking, by looking back and then kind of looking at it through the lens of going back and then looking, you know, looking into the future from 20, 30, or 40, or 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think um, you know, I, things that fuel me with this new work are... are people saying, well, once you're done with this, then you'll have time to settle down. And it's like, ah, what if I don't want to settle down? You know, like, uh, what if I want to keep this momentum? What if I want to to um, kind of move this timeline that's tied, you know, to, to so many women? Um, and, and, and so it's just been a, a project I'm very passionate about and I feel very closely connected to. And I think, I think people, um, I've, from from what I, I've been sharing with friends and colleagues, it's something that they're excited to see this idea come to fruition. Um, but I, it's also provided a, 
healthy dialogue amongst women, um, my friends and colleagues to hear their comments about, um, oh, you know, whenever my grandmother was, um, you know, unwrapping her present that I gave her for um, her birthday, she's removing the tissue paper and says, well, I guess it's not a grandchild. And so it's just like, ah, slap, you know? So (laughs) it's just these interesting stories that I'm hearing, it's... It's not just my thought that's like, wow, everyone's asking me this or that or the other. Um, and so it's, it's just been a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and especially looking, I'm thinking, you know, as someone in, in my early 50s, I'm thinking about how much, you know, things have changed in terms of, you know, young people can really, and even people in their 20s or 30s, well, I guess anybody for that matter, can really have the ability to have a life that they want versus... You know, it seems like it's it seems like it's more possible at least today. I don't know if I don't know if that's just my perspective. It it just seems like there's more flexibility for people to kind of choose their path than having. You know, I realize it, there was a certain point in time in which society there was kind of expectations, right? You know, for women to have you know to to have, have a certain kind of a life. Mm-hmm. I I think I think so. I think that there has been progress in in terms of this, but I still think that there are ways at which just strange comments come to the forefront or, you know, uh, questions that you're asked. And it's like, well, it's none of your business. (laughs) Um, And so, um, but I think what you said about um, kind of taking a step back and viewing this from a lens from the past, um, things that are currently going on, too, um, in terms of juggling those pressures of of, um, really you know, the role of a mother and what sort of societal pressures are tied to that. Um, I think it's important to kind of look from the past to see the progress that's been been made, but we can still continue. Oh, yeah. So it's a work, it's, it's basically a work in progress, isn't it? In other yeah. words, we're not there yet. Is that, right. is that, if I understand right, it's yes. still something that we're still, we're, we may be moved hopefully in the right direction to a certain yeah. degree, but it's... The comments yeah. aren't like right there in front of the open, but they're more like behind, you know, uh, in just one-on-one conversations, oh. or like, they're still happening, right? Yeah. They're still, um, well, your, you know, your biological clock is ticking, you know, there's still comments like that. Um, and granted, they may be more from the older generation that I'm experiencing those comments, but it's still, um, it's still surprising to try to figure out a way to, um, to, to have a response to things like that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm also getting the sense, too, from since you have worked a lot with, you know, with, with pulling you know, advertisements uh, from periodicals, I was just thinking even in terms of, of movies, and uh, television commercials, and just all the all the various, you know, I guess what you'd call popular culture. It almost seems like that. That's you know, as you say, those those expectations or those thoughts. You know, maybe if you look back forty or fifty years, there, I'm assuming there was there was more of those kind of things. You would see more of that in popular culture, as far as those beliefs of how things should be, so to speak. Right, right, um, and yes, and I I found so many different illustrations that kind of you can tell are from that kind of movie poster era where those illustrations are um, very precise and, and showing a, a, a girl, a young girl weeping and saying, Daddy, do you know anything about a girl? <laughs> and so, um, yes, a lot of those images I've, I've pulled and been able to incorporate in um, with clocks that feature um, women looking at that and alluding to the biological clocks, the, um, uh, you know, m- Want women in the classroom that are 
place just behind men in the boardroom um, with their silhouettes removed, so it's kind of this nice overlapping that's happening. Um, overall, all of the images compiled do look as if they are a nest or something mm. um, that, that would be um, compiled in a pack rat kind of collection of imagery. So I'm really happy with the silhouette that's happening. I find that your eye really moves and engages with all of the images that I've selected. Um, the the bad apples that I've featured, and if I could just talk about oh, that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, the bad apples actually came from a Bernstein Bears episode that I had just locked up. And so <laughs> um, it was that, you know, not all strangers are bad, but we shouldn't talk to all, you know, talk to strangers. But not all strangers are bad. And so she pulls out a bad apple, Mama Bear does, and shows to Sister Bear look at this bad apple and shows the bumps and bruises, but yet she cuts it away and there's a pure, great core. And so it's, oh, mom, it's actually a good apple. And so what I liked was this perception that to have children or not have children or breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, working from home um, with your family or uh, pursuing um, your your work in in the field, um, there's not one one way there's not um, a bad way and so that was what I was really excited to find this um, Virginia farm showing these sorting of apples and so I found some taglines to that that say sharp-eyed women pull out rotten fruit Mm. Um, so that the text that accompanies some of the images I've pulled I've been really happy with oh wow this is continuing with this kind of one-size-fits-all narrative um, and I also just like the mentioning of, of the bad fruit that's also in some of the texts that I've found. So. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and explaining you know, about, about the work that you do. And I thought if it's okay, we would uh, actually take a quick break. And then if we could come back and hear a little bit about your life journey and, and how you got started you know, actually do, you know, doing artworks of art and Absolutely. learn a little bit more about you as, as, as a person. Thank you. That sounds great. Thank you.